0: Good morning, everyone. It's really lovely to see you all. Um, is it cold enough for everyone this morning? Yeah. It kind of took a tumble overnight, didn't it? Wow. Okay. Bit of frost on the cars. Am I feeding back a little bit? Okay. Thank you, Christian. That's great. That's brilliant. So I just want to start this morning with a bit of an update around compassionate Christmas. Um, Kendi was alluding to some of this. Um, Santa will be making an appearance, but next Saturday. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So, um, and so, one of the things that we're doing over these next um, few weeks is just blessing the people in the community around us with hampers, um, with Christmas lunches, um, and next Saturday is our annual storehouse Christmas party. Which I'm very excited for. Yeah. So we want to ensure that every child goes away with a brand new gift-wrapped toy. And I just want to say a massive thank you to all of you who have given. And if you might remember, if you were around last week, that we have a target of £6,500, and we have an update for you today. If I could get the drums out, then I would. But I think we've got an update slide here. There we go. That's good, eh? So we are getting very close to that target, and so we're 69% of the way there, which is amazing. Thank you so much to all of you who have given. There's still time to give. You can grab one of the flyers there. The best way to actually give is is online, and so you can go through um, the online page, page at the Compassion at Christmas page. Um, And and also, I just want to say a massive thank you to those of you that have agreed to kind of um, give some of your time for the Christmas party next week. Um, We're just putting some finishing touches to all the arrangements, but we do still need a few more people who could give their time to make this a success. So there are some flyers on your seats beside you. Can you grab one of those? As Michael said last week, not, yeah, if, you, if you can see a few of those, brilliant. Michael shared that it just makes everyone look silly when they uh, wave it in the air, I think he said. But I don't think you look silly. I think it's a good look. So um, thank you. So there's a few of those as well. You can still be a part of this um, by helping us on Thursday, the 30th of November, either in the morning or the evening to help, sorry, the morning or the afternoon to help us set up. Or you can help us to set down after the party on the Saturday. But particularly, we need a few people to help serve at the party. So it's next Saturday, um, the 2nd of December, from 9 until 1. Um, You you could help families choose some toys. Um, You could pray for guests, serve food, welcome people as they arrive. uh, arrive. We, We would love you to be there. So if you are able to, you can sign up via this flyer. Um, You can fill out, all the details are on here, and you can drop that um, in one of the baskets as you go out on the way out. There's also a QR code there which will take you to the page directly. We'd really love you to be involved if you could give some time to that. Wonderful, so um, this week I I was chatting with Heather who's on our staff team. Many of you will know Heather, and if you've been around the last couple of years, um, definitely the chances are that you would have had a phone call from Heather. Um, and one of the questions that she always asks, and I know this because I can hear it from the next office and probably a few offices down as well, is, how did you find us? How did you find our church? And over the years, she, she's had some great responses. Um, and, if, and you don't have to put your hand up if any of these were actually you. Um, but some have, have figured that Riverside Vineyard is actually a, a wine wholesaler, not true, although, you know, Jesus did make a habit of turning... Well, no, he, he obviously turned some water into wine, so, you know, there's some truth in that. But um, but there's... Some have walked in thinking that this was the cinema or even the bingo hall. Um, so if that's where you think you are today, I, I apologise. Um, and if you're wondering why I haven't started calling out numbers, we, we do altar calling instead, so... Um, that's the worst dad joke of the day. So now, now and again, um, she'll hear of people who have walked past our church building and wondered what's going on inside these walls and have decided to find out. And then others have had a flyer through their door or perhaps been handed one in the street. I was chatting to a guy the other week who um, this little boy went up to, him. he was sat on a park bench, handed him the flyer and then rocked up on the Sunday. Amazing. But in most cases, newcomers come through our doors because they were invited by somebody they know, perhaps a family member, a friend, or a work colleague. Um, And a recent poll asking why do people start attending church backs this up. So you can see the results of the survey behind me there, but you can see that 86% of people will go along to church if they're invited by a friend. So that's, that's the most important way we can advertise. You can have a, you know, a pastor can invite, but actually it's people who know us, people who know us. Now, I don't know how how often you receive invites, but invites can be good and invites can be bad. Um, And I came across this invitation on, I don't know if you know the Very British Problems Twitter account or social media account. Um, It said this, being invited to someone's house and then being informed on arrival. Sorry, we all have terrible colds. (laughs) great thanks. That's not an idea of a great invitation, right? But perhaps you've been invited to a wedding of someone you are close to, a family member, a friend. Um, That is a good invitation. But you know, this Christmas, we have an, an even better opportunity to invite others into the greatest story of all time, a story where God is making all things new. It's the story of the incarnation. That's a big word that means God coming to the earth to take on flesh. But we also look forward with longing for Jesus' return. This is the great story that we have the opportunity to invite others into. The great hope that Jesus is making all things new. And that's the title of our new series, All Things New, as we head into this season of Advent. Now, if someone has invited you to church today and you're wondering what this is all about, I just want to say that you are so, so welcome, and I hope what I share is helpful to you. But for those of us that have been around church a little longer, I particularly want to help us into this idea of the power of invitation, of how we can invite those who we do life with into this greatest story the one where God is making all things new, including you and including I. So we're going to look at the Gospel of John this morning um, that tells the good news of Jesus. And so we're going to read from John chapter 1, verse 43, but I'm just going to pray for us. You Do turn to that in your devices. Maybe you've got a phone device with you or, a, or even a paper copy of the Bible, which I have here. So um, let me pray and then I'll read those verses to us. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that you, the word, came into this world to make a new way. That you are in the habit of making all things new. And I pray, Lord, that as we listen, we would hear the things that you have for us today. May my voice drown out and may your voice resound clearly. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we're going to read from verse 43 this morning. It says this: The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, "Follow me." Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, "We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote: Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph." Nazareth. Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see. Philip said, Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree you shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. There we go. So that's the story of Philip and Nathaniel. And I wonder if you noticed what was happening here. In, in verse 43, Jesus finds Philip and Jesus invites Philip to follow him and in the very next verse, we read that he finds Nathaniel, probably a close friend of his, and, and he tells him this good news about Jesus, that this Jesus is the one the people of Israel had been longing for, the Saviour, the Messiah. And he offers to Nathaniel this simple invitation, come and see, come and see. And so we see this this. Incredible encounter that Nathaniel has with Jesus, where Jesus already seems to know everything about him, and as Nathaniel encounters Jesus for him for himself, he discovers that what Philip had told him was true, that this was the messiah so this morning we 're asking what does this passage teach us today about inviting others into the greatest story of all time firstly. I think it's important that we know the good news that we carry. So in, the, in these words that we've just read, do you notice what Peter, Philip does immediately after Jesus finds him? His first response is to go and find his friend. He finds Nathaniel. Philip had discovered something he simply couldn't keep to himself. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, if you you read the verses after that, you'll see that initially Nathanael is far from convinced. And from afar, Jesus may have just seemed like another man. From Nazareth, he says. What, What good can come from there? He notes that he's the son of Joseph, a local carpenter. Again, just a regular guy. And whilst perhaps we don't see this full kind of fleshed out, dramatized version of this encounter... When Nathaniel walks away from his encounter with Jesus, he too could see that there was something completely different about him. To claim that Jesus was the Messiah, the one that they had been waiting for, was such a huge statement. And it's not the kind of thing you just throw about. Now, if we go back a few verses in John 1, um, it starts with these incredible words that talk about the wonder of Jesus coming into this earth. And these words might seem familiar to you. I'm just going to read them out. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that, had, that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So Jesus is the word. Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that had been promised to Israel. He was there right in the beginning, creating something from nothing, bringing life and light to all. He's a light shining into the darkness of the world, a light that no darkness could overcome The promised Messiah and the Savior, the one who would make all things new. And these words point us back right to the beginning of time where the world was still perfect. God looked at it and he said that it was good. But now for us today in 2023, we only have to open our curtains or we only have to switch on the news or look at social media to see that it's a mess. Wars. Stabbings, riots, famine, greed, brokenness, depression, and despair. Like Philip and Nathaniel all those years ago, we need a saviour. This world needs a saviour to fix this broken world and to make all things new. And that's why as we read in John 1 14 that the word Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so Jesus came to this earth, and on living on this earth, he he provides us. He's the greatest teacher of all time, the perfect teacher, the perfect role model, and ultimately the perfect sacrifice for us. And that verse tells us that he enters the world full of grace and full of truth. You see, that's, that for me is the good news of Jesus, that he loves us so much, undeserving as we are. His grace covers every wrong thing we have done. But his truth means he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay the way we are. That's the wonder of the gospel, that Jesus doesn't just condemn us, but he also doesn't condone us either to carry on. You see, nothing that we have ever done or will ever do is held against us. And yet he invites us into this new life, a life where he is making all things new. Whatever we have done, you and me, that is what he's doing for all of us. It's grace and truth. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are, as we often say. You no, know, we need people like you and me, to share that good news with those around us. That, friends, is the good news that we carry. Each of us carry that if we've given our yes to Jesus. If you want to grasp more of that, if you want to understand the wonder of what it means of Jesus coming to this earth and thinking about Advent as we head into this season, we have prepared a whole bunch of things to kind of help you. So we have some Bible readings here that I think we're going to pass around. So we have some Advent Bible readings that we're going to, um, you can grab one of those and enter into that from next Sunday. And then you'll have seen that Steve Berry is, is doing um, a theology evening. That's going to be amazing. There's also an online one as well. So I just want to encourage you, check out all the different things that are coming up around Advent. Because it's so important that we know what we're inviting people into. This is the good news. This is the story of the kingdom, of God making all things new. And so as those bar go around, I just want to move on to share the second thing that I just want to share from this passage, and that's the importance of inviting others to come and see. You see those words in verse 46, when Philip told his friend Nathaniel about Jesus, we see that he was sceptical. What good can come from Nazareth? What can be special about a guy who's the son of a carpenter? Philip's simple invitation was, come and see. In other words, give him a chance. Don't don't disagree before you've seen him, before you've met him, before you've encountered him. Now I wonder if anyone else in this room has come across anyone who is sceptical about faith. Maybe maybe most of us. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're sceptical about Jesus, about church, about Christianity, And maybe for some of us, when it comes to the church and Christianity, the church hasn't always covered itself in glory. So maybe there's some reason behind that. But there is something undisputably wonderful about Jesus. Jesus is incredible. He is God made flesh, the incarnation. The one who caused so many to stop what they were doing to follow him. The one who healed the sick, who cast out demons, Who raised up the lowly, but called out people in authority who exploited those in need. He's the one who humbled himself to wash the feet of his disciples. The one who came to serve and not be served. And ultimately, he's the one who gave up his life as a sacrifice for all who would turn to him. This is Jesus, the one who is making all things new. And so when we say yes to, to Jesus, that's the life that we carry around with us. And it's him we're inviting others to come and see this Christmas. See, I think Christmas is, is one of those, it's, it's that unique moment in our, in our calendar. Yes, Easter is more, in more important in so many ways. But Christmas is the time where we have an opportunity more than ever to invite people along and to be a part of this. Even people who would never step foot inside a church might still love a carol, or the candles, or the Christmas story, or or at least some mulled wine. You see, Christmas is the best time to invite others. And so we have this unique window of opportunity to lose our inhibitions and to invite our friends to Christmas services. So as we said earlier, we're busy preparing a wonderful celebration of the Christmas story. There are all sorts of things coming up. We've got carols here in two weeks' time. We've got the all-age service in three weeks and so much more besides. Now, we don't know your friends and neighbours, but you do. And so we've designed some invitation cards that you've already, hopefully you grabbed a pack of those. Um, But I just want to challenge you to think about, you know, your invitation. Who can you be a Philip to and simply say today, come and see Who are the people that you're interacting with? Yeah, deliver them through the door. That would be wonderful. But who is God specifically stirring to say to you, come and see? Who is it that you can invite? So I just want to ask you, you what perhaps has God been preparing you in your heart? What conversations have you had these last few weeks? You know, think of people's names. And so on the back of that advent, um, the Advent readings, there's space to write down some names. So as you, as you kind of read the Bible, there's an opportunity to pray, to write some names down, and then pray for courage to invite those people along. Now, I think the reality is that for many of us, we struggle to be open about our faith sometimes. We were talking this week in, in, in our small group um, that, um, that many of us kind of struggle with that. And so we talked about a few different things that for some of us we struggle with. So maybe some of us are fearful of being ridiculed or rejected. Perhaps of appearing fanatical or weird or even turning people off. Maybe you're worried about imposing your ideas on others. Or even feel like perhaps this is somebody else's job. I think the Bible makes it pretty clear that it's for all of us to share our faith and share the good news that we have. Or perhaps you just don't know what to say. And for me personally, I've so often found that the Holy Spirit will give me those words to say in those moments. As we take a step to be bold and to share faith. Now if any of that resonates with you and you're just like, man, I just want to get over this barrier. We would love to take time to pray for you a little bit later. And finally, I just want to encourage you just to give it a go. Take the plunge. Ask them to join you. Maybe make it easier for them by inviting them to meet up beforehand. Um, just take the opportunity. But I, so the, um, the, imp- the important thing is that we invite. We do the inviting, but then we leave the rest to Jesus. And we see that in this passage as well, don't we? See, just as we see with Philip, who invites his friend to come and see, and we see that moment where Nathaniel goes from being a skeptic to a believer. And I love the encounter that he has. Jesus sees him. Do you notice that? Jesus sees him and he knows so much about him already. He says, here is an honest Israelite. Now I wonder whether he's referring back to the doubts that Nathaniel had expressed just a moment ago. You know, Jesus is okay with our doubts. He's okay. He can take it. But Nathanael is stunned. He says, how do you know me? To which Jesus says, I saw you. And it's this moment that his life is turned upside down. One minute he's saying nothing good can come from Nazareth. But through that one encounter with Jesus, Nathanael recognizes that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, that his friend had invited him to come and see. You see, Jesus knows you and I intimately. He knows your friends. He knows your neighbors. He knows your colleagues too. He knows everything there is to know about them. And so we can put our trust in him. If we do the inviting, we can know that Jesus will see them. Jesus knows them so long as we invite them to come and see and so that's the truth of the gospel. That's where we have the opportunity to invite people into this good news. And so I just want to take, give us some, uh, some space now just to respond in, in prayer. And I just sense for a lot of us, it's just this season of just being able to invite others. But for some of us, we need a bit of courage to do that, don't we? So we need some help to enable us to do that. And so I, I just want to invite us to stand if we're able to. I'm just going to invite Holy Spirit to come and we'll see what he wants to do amongst us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. We invite your presence. You may just find it helpful to hold out your hands and just, just receive what he has for you. Lord, we ask that you would come and meet with us right now. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit.